We come to the reading of God's Word this morning, and it's a very long reading, so uh, Glenn has uh, uh, got a way that we can communicate well from God's Word, and uh, I'm going to invite four people up to have the reading. There's going to be one who is Nebuchadnezzar, there is one who's going to be a wise person, one who's going to be Daniel, and then the other one is the narrator. So let's listen up as we hear the Word of God read to us this morning. Daniel 2. During Nebuchadnezzar's second year as king, he had some dreams. Those dreams bothered him, and he could not sleep. So the king called for his fortune tellers, magicians, wizards, and wise men. The king wanted those men to tell him what he had dreamed. So they came in and stood in front of the king. Then the king said to them, I had a dream that bothers me. I want to know what the dream means. Then the wise men answered the king in the Aramaic language. They said, Our king, go forever. We are your servants. Please tell us your dream. Then we will tell you what it means. Then King Nebuchadnezzar said to them, No, you must tell me the dream, and then you must tell me what it means. If you don't do these things, I will have you torn apart and I will turn your houses into piles of stones. But if you tell me my dream and its meaning, I will reward you. I will give you gifts and great honor. So tell me the dream and tell me what it means. Again, the wise man said to the king, Please tell us the dream and we will tell you what it means. King Nebuchadnezzar answered, now I know what you are trying to now I know that you are trying to get more time. You know that I you know what I meant when I said if you don't tell me my dream you will be punished. You have all agreed to tell me lies and wicked things. You're hoping things will change. Now tell me the dream. Then I will know you can tell me what it really means. The wise men answered the king. They said No one on earth can do what the king asks. Not even a great and powerful king has ever asked the fortune tellers, magicians, or wise men to do this. The king is asking something that is too hard. Only the gods could tell the king this, but the gods do not live among men. When the king heard that, he became very angry. He gave an order for all the wise men of Babylon to be killed. So King Nebuchadnezzar's order was announced. All the wise men were to be put to death. Men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to kill them. Arioch was the commander of the king's guard. He was going to put to death the wise men of Babylon. But Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and skill. Daniel asked, Why did the king order such a terrible punishment? Then Arioch explained everything to Daniel. When Daniel heard the story, he went to King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel asked him to give him some more time. Then he would tell the king what he had dreamed and what it meant. So Daniel went to his house. He explained the whole story to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Daniel asked his friends to pray to the God of heaven. Daniel asked them to pray that God would show them mercy and help them understand this secret. Then Daniel and his friends would not be put to death with the other wise men of Babylon. During the night, God explained the secret to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Jumping to verse 44. 
Daniel was revealed the dream to King Nebuchadnezzar, and this is the end of the interpretation. During the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up another kingdom. It will never be destroyed, and it will not be given to another group of people. The kingdom will crush all the other kingdoms. It will bring them to an end, but that kingdom itself will continue forever. King Nebuchadnezzar, you saw a rock cut from a mountain, but no human being touched it. The rock broke the iron, bronze, clay, silver and gold to pieces. In this way, the great God showed you what will happen. The dream is true and you can trust this explanation. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell face down on the ground in front of Daniel. The king honored him. He ordered that an offering and incense be presented to Daniel. Then the king said to Daniel, Truly, I know your God is the greatest of all gods, and he is the Lord of all the kings. He tells people about the things they cannot know. I know this is true. You were able to tell these secret things to me. Uh, thank you to the readers. Uh, we're going to listen up uh, to Glenn as he explains something of that portion of God's word. But before we do so, a uh, song that you sung last week to Glenn's um, actions is going to be sung now, and I'll hand over to Nick and to, or no, to, to Glenn to uh, bring us the actions. <laughs> Jesus is what? King. What? Um, that's fine. So we're going to sing the song that we sang last week. Jesus is the King, ruler over everything. Now, does anyone, can anyone remember the actions? Does anyone want to come and help me with the actions? This is just going to be me, isn't it? I'm looking at you, Ethan. Please save me. You can't remember them, but if I show you them, so it's Jesus is the king, ruler over everything. Jesus is the one, the promised one, the son of God. Jesus is the Lord. He's the one you can't ignore. Jesus, Jesus, he is the king. Do, 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 do. And you need to do the wiggle. He is the king. Do, 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 do. And then the verse is just, he commanded the wind and, and you just do this. Come and he didn't hit. Anyway, let's do it and then yeah, we'll go from there. Anyone want? Anyone going to come and help me? Anyone whose name begins with A called Anthony Hitchcock? No, no. Okay, come on then. Let's stand and I'll do it on my own then. And if you feel, I know. Ah, oh, I want. I like that. Jesus is the king, ruler over everything. Jesus is the one, promised one, the son of God. Jesus is the Lord, he's the one you can't ignore. Jesus, Jesus, he is the king. He is the king. He commanded the fisherman, hey, come follow me.
Before we had video, many of you would have been like, yeah, 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 I'll come up. But now we're live on YouTube. You're like, no, 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 no. Something I might do might go viral, and then that will be the, the end of me. Um, so, excellent. Well, good morning, boys and girls. It is great for us to be here. And I want you to check. I want you to check with your mums and dads. Have a look at them and check that they are sitting upright. Check that their ears are pinned back and check that their brains are wound up and ready to listen. And before we have a look at God's word, we need to come to God and we need to ask him for his help. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do reveal to us amazing truths. But Lord, we are so sorry that we don't listen. Please, Lord, would you help us to listen this morning. Help us and change us to be more like Jesus for your glory. Amen. I wonder if you know what the word mystery means. Who wants to have a go at telling me what the word mystery means? Go on, Daniel. What is it? Something's disappeared and you need to find out who's done it. That's really helpful. That's really helpful. Does anyone want to add to that? Anyone want to add anything to that? No, no one. That is, that is dictionary definition there. Well, a mystery is something like a secret. A mystery is something that is hidden. If you want to define it as something, a mystery is something that is covered in I don't Knows. It's something that makes you scratch your head and go, can we do that? Can we, can, we, can we do that? Can we go, can we scratch our heads and can we go, a bit like Scooby Doo? That is what a mystery is. A mystery is something that is covered in. Now, some of you were scratching a bit too hard. I wonder if you've got nits. But let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. 
What is under here? What is under here? It's a mystery, isn't it? Ethan, you're going to guess what's under here. It's a box. There is something in the box, which is much more better than the box. But that's a good guess. Who wants to guess? No one wants to guess. See, it's a mystery. We do not know what is under here. And I need to reveal it. I need to show you what is under here. What is under here is a box. But in the box is even more exciting, is a muffin. Oh, I do like muffins. I really, really like muffins. Right, I'm going to put this muffin just here because that is going to inspire me through this talk is the thought of that muffin. You see, when there's a mystery, we need to put on our detective gear and work out what is going on. I've got my detective gear here. This is what we need to do. When there is a mystery, oh, wait a sec, how do I, this was easier earlier. Not watch, here we go, here we go. I have no idea why, well I have some idea why, but for some reason if you order a, a detective stuff it comes with a pipe. I would not recommend smoking at all, but for some reason it comes with a pipe. And a, oh, I've, where's my, my headphones, gone, my things come off there. Where's my, um, where's my magnifying glass? That is a mystery. Right, I'll be back in a sec. I'm just going to go and see if I can find where my magnifying glass is. I'll be back. <laughs> I found it! I found it! It was just out there! See, when there's a mystery, we need... took my muffin. That is a mystery. Who has taken my muffin? That was going to get me through my talk. Now, when there's a mystery, we need to try and work it out. And there are several places we can go, isn't there? There's a really obvious place I could go. I could go to someone who saw. I could go to someone who witnessed it. But we could go, we often go to other places, don't we? Oh, Google. Google gives me answers, doesn't it? Okay, right. Here we go. This will, this will work out who's got their phone on. Ready? I'll say this really loud. Okay, Google, who stole my muffin? Has anyone else's phone gone off? No. Okay. Here's what I found on the web. Okay. Here's what I found on the web. What's the weather? <laughs> that really didn't help, did it? That did not help at all. Okay. So you're, you're useless uh, you are useless. Right, okay, so what else can I do? What else can I do? I know I will use my own abilities and I will work it out. So, right, okay. Let me have a look around. It was here and I've worked out that I've got this the wrong way around. There we go. It's much better. And no, there's no crumbs. There's no footsteps. Can I work it out? Can I work? Was it you? You were super close. No. Who could it be? Was it you? Let me, let me just check around those chops. Oh, oh, there's something there. There's some, oh, no, you didn't. You definitely didn't eat that muffin. No, it's definitely not you. See, there are many places we can go to try and work out the mystery. But many of those places that I went were silly, weren't they? 
trying to rely on my own abilities, trying to ask Google, that was silly. Who here knows who stole my muffin? Yeah, yeah. Did you see? Did you see? Who was it? My son Daniel. Right. Let's check this one out. My son, where is it? Have you eaten it already? Have you, did mummy not let you? Oh, there you go. There you go. You see, when there's a mystery, it makes sense to go somewhere, to go to someone who has seen what's happened, to go to someone who knows. It's really silly, isn't it? If you go to other places, it makes a lot of sense to go to someone who knows. And in Daniel 2, Daniel shows us a great truth about the revealing, the showing us of truths. And Daniel 2 fits in the book of Daniel. And last week we saw the big, big purpose of Daniel is to encourage us to pick God's team. How, I was hoping this would stay on, Bella. How does Daniel 2 help us to pick God's team? Well, it shows us that only God, here we go, only God shows us the I don't knows that we need to know. That is what Daniel 2 teaches us. That only God can show us the I don't knows that we need to know. And I want us to learn this. So like all the other times I've been up here, we're going to do this together. So what I want us to do is say, pick God's team. And then what we need to do is we need to hold our hands like this. We need to open them and then go, ah, okay. And then we all say, because only God can show us the, and I don't want us to say, I don't know. I want us to go, Okay, so only God can show us the that we need to know, and then we go, ah, okay, so we go, wait a sec, no, that's the wrong way round. No, we start with the ah, and then we go, ooh, ah, what is it, ooh, ah, can't, no, ooh, no, we start with the oohs. So pick God's team, ooh, because only God can show us the that we need to know. Ah. Okay, let's do that one more time, just a bit louder. Okay, ready? So, pick God's team. Ooh, ooh, because only God shows us the that I need to know. Ah, ooh, ah, ooh. I'm going to need your help on that. It's definitely ooh, ah. I came up with that late last night. So, um, yeah, we're going to need some help with that. And Daniel 2, I don't know if you noticed as we looked at it, Daniel 2 was full of, it was absolutely jammed, packed with it. Everybody had a, except for one person. But we're going to have a look at the story. I'm going to take this off. Because our story in Daniel 2 starts in the king's bedroom. Let me take that off. And the king has exchanged his royal robes for his royal pajamas. And it starts late at night. And so the king gets his, gets his teddy bear. 
he gets his blanket up and he, are you going to go to sleep with me? I have tested this. It's okay. This does take my weight if you're worried. Ah, so let's all go to sleep together. This should be, this is normal for some of you older folk in sermons, just to fall asleep. And let's just go. But in the middle of the night, he, ah, ah, oh, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. He woke up to a great fright. He was panicky. He, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm never going to be allowed here again, I know. I'm never going to be allowed here. But he woke up in the middle of the night to a great fright. He'd had a dream. It was a scary dream. It was a terrible dream. And you can imagine him walking around his bedroom. And he's like, what does the dream mean? I don't know what the dream means. His head was full of images. But as he tried to work out what they were, he was like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And so he manages to calm himself down. And he manages to get himself. He goes, oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to go back to sleep. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I promise I'll do this next one a bit quieter. I'm sorry. Um, and so he goes, right, I'm going to go back to sleep. I'm going to go back to sleep. Get back to sleep. Oh, and he goes back to sleep. Are we all back to sleep? Good work. We're all back to sleep. But then he has the dream again. Ah, 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 I've had the dream again. It's been the dream again. And he was just full of, I don't know. Like, I've had the dream more than once, so it must be really important. But I don't know what it means. I'm full of, I don't know. So he thinks, I know. I've got the best of Babylon. So I'm going to call in the wise men. And he calls in the wise men. And they come in. And they're like, king, king, live forevermore. Uh, what can we do for you? And the king says, ah, Hello, wise men. I had a dream last night, and I need to know the interpretation. Let me get, sorry, the, the king was asleep right there. Here you go. I had a dream last night, and I need the interpretation. And the wise men go, oh, that's easy. That's really easy. You tell us the dream, king, and we'll tell you the interpretation. And the king goes, no, 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 I'm not playing that game. Okay, the dream was really important because I had it multiple times. What I want is I want you to tell me what the dream is and then tell me what the interpretation. Can you imagine what the wise men were? They were like, what? You're having a giraffe. No one can tell you what the dream was and tell you the interpretation. And so they're like, oh, good one, king. You're so funny, Mr. Comedian over there. Oh, I'm really sorry. I'm terrible. Um, um, I forgot where I am. Oh, you're so funny over there. No, no, no. You tell us what the dream is, and then we'll tell you the interpretation. And the king goes, no, 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 no. That's not how this is working. It is so important, this dream. I want you to tell me what the dream is, and I want you to tell me what the interpretation is. And if you need an incentive... If you tell me what the dream and uh, interpretation is, I will give you up to half my kingdom. I will make you rich and famous. But if you can't, then I will squish you into little pieces and I will destroy your houses. Talk about carrot and stick, eh? And so he puts that to them. And this is what the wise men turn around and say. Let's see if we can get it. Can I get it? Oh, I feel really bad that you're leaving. Oh, oh, oh.
oh, 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 we'll get there. There we go. This is what the wise men turn around. No one on earth can do what the king asks. Not even a great and powerful king has ever asked the fortune tellers, magicians, or wise men to do this. The king is asking something that is too hard. Only the gods could tell the king this. But the gods do not live among people. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, they're saying, that we can't do it. We are just too full of I don't knows. And they're saying that actually the gods can't do it because they live a long way away. And they just don't care. What we've come across is a big pile of I don't knows, the best of Babylon, the big brains, the smartest people, the people who knew so much stuff, had done so much research, the big, big giant brains, they were just full of I don't knows. And that's what we get right at the beginning of our passage in Daniel 2, just a big pile of I don't knows. And so the king turns around and then says, right, off with their heads. And he declares that all the wise men are going to be squished into little pieces. That's not the king. Here's the king. They're going to be squashed into little pieces. And what our story then tells us that actually these wise men that were in with the king were the best of the best. But what that meant was that everybody that fell into that wise, wise man category was then for the chop. And that included Daniel. And so the guard was sent to go to Daniel, to knock on his door, and to kill Daniel. And that's where I'm going to pause our story. Because I want us to have a brief think about how this is similar to the world we live in. You see, we live in a world where we have lots and lots of really smart people. We know loads and loads of stuff. Billions of pounds are spent every year on on forecasting weather. And we got pretty good at forecasting it up to a week. I've realized that in, in Suffolk, they're not as good here. So they say it's going to rain, and it doesn't rain. They say it's going to be nice, and it's not. And I, I, they, they struggle a bit more in Suffolk than they did in Enfield. But we spend billions on being able to do that. That's really, really clever. Admittedly, after a week, it gets really just guesswork. But it's really clever. We know lots of people who know stuff. I used to be an actuary, and one of the things that actuaries are typically known to do is to estimate how long people are going to live. And I can tell you, we don't actually do that very well. But we know lots and lots of stuff. I have this book. We got this book from the library, Why Encyclopedia. And it is full and full of information. We know so much. In our world, in Britain, all around, we have big, big brains who know lots. But the truth is, is that all their knowledge is limited. At some point, they get to the point where they say, I don't know. And the fact is that even though we have lots of people in our country, in our world, in Berry even, and around, who are really, really smart, at some point they get to the point where they say, I don't know. And actually, when it comes to the big questions in life, they have to say, I don't know. 
My mother-in-law at the moment is very poorly. She's in hospital. Uh, We don't think that she's going to last very long. And yesterday, this really hit it home. The conversations with the oncologist, that's the doctor in hospital, were basically, how long do you reckon? Is it days? The answer was, I don't know. Where is all this fluid coming from? Where is it going? I don't know. This was, this was one of the big brains on cancer in London, and it came, but kept coming back. I don't know. I don't know. Is she responsive? I don't know. Do you know if anything's going in? I don't know. This hit back to us very much yesterday, that our knowledge is very limited. And even more so on the big questions, why are we here Where am I going after I die? What's best for me? What's going to happen in the future? You see, we hate uncertainty. Uncertainty leads us to anxiety. We'd love to know the future, wouldn't we? If I was thinking about this during this week, if I knew the future, what would I want to know? And I came up with lottery ticket numbers. I don't know what you would pick. If you could know one thing from the future, I don't know if you would pick lottery ticket. Maybe that just reveals something about me. But we would love to know something certain about the future, but actually our worlds are full of I don't knows. What is my new school going to be like? Will I pass my exams? Is my boss, my friends, my teachers, are they going to be in a bad mood tomorrow? Will I have someone to play with on the playground? You could ask the biggest brains and the answer would be I don't know. We are filled with, as a country, as a world, of confusion, of not understanding, of mistiness, of I don't knows, because we are all limited. Just like Daniel 2 shows us in Babylon, the best cannot answer the most important questions. In Bury, it's the same. The best in Britain, in the world, the best cannot answer the most important questions. And that's why this is really good news. This is really, really good news. And we're going to sing a song in a bit so we can move our legs and get sort of woken up a bit. But before we do, why don't we say this all together? Remember, it's U-R, Cantona. So um, that's for a much older generation, kids. Don't worry about that. So are we ready? We're going to do this together. So we're going to say, pick God's team. Ooh. Because only God shows us the unknown that we need to know. Ah, that's brilliant. We're going to sing a song now before we have a look at the rest of that. And this song is the same song that we played last week. So hopefully you can remember the actions and if anyone wants to come up. But it's my God's the king of the giants. My God's the king of the Lions, my God's the king of the creatures of the sea. My God's the king of me. Boom, boom. Okay? Anyone want to join me? No. No. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Oh, you, now you've stolen my muffin. You're much more confident, aren't you? There you go. Good boy. Well done. Right. Should we all stand and should we all join in? Oh, there you go. Do you know what? I've got more muffins back here. So if you're not allergic to them, as a reward for coming up, you can, you can have some. There you go. Done. Give them a clap. Go grab your seats. Go grab your seats. That was brilliant. You guys did really well. Well done. It's amazing how many more turned up when I mentioned the muffins. 
There you go. There you go. Right. Where were we? Here we go. Okay. So, back after World War II uh, in a place called Portsmouth, there was this guard uh, who needed to look past and to see the bigger truth. That's not my notes. Where's my notes? Here we go. This is much better. Here you go. Just after the Second World War, there was a man who worked at a dockyard in Portsmouth. One day, he walked out the yard, and he was pushing a wheelbarrow. And in the wheelbarrow, there was a small, suspicious package of sawdust in it. Uh, the guard stopped him and went, Oi, what's, what's in, that, in that package? The man responded, It's just, just sawdust, the sawdust from the floor. Uh, instead of throwing it out, I thought I would put it in there, uh, and I would take it home and use it from home. And the guard sensed something suspicious was going on, but he couldn't quite work it out. So he was like, oh, okay, 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 I'll let, I'll let you go. The next day, the man came along again, pushing a wheelbarrow with the same suspicious package of sawdust. He stops him again and says, what, what's in there? Uh, and the man says, well, it's just the sawdust again from the, um, from the floor. I'm just taking it home and uh, uh, wanting to use it at home. And this happened every single day for two weeks. Finally, at the end of the two weeks on the Friday, the guard says, okay, okay, I give up. I know you were up to something, but I just can't tell what. Please, please, I promise I won't arrest you or get you in trouble. Just put me out of my misery. What are you up to? The man smiled at the guard and said, okay, I'll tell you. I'm stealing wheelbarrows. You see, the guard needed to look past the sawdust to the bigger thing that was going on. He was distracted by the small, and he missed the big thing. And that's what Daniel 2 really encourages us to do, is to look out of this world, to look past this world which is full of I don't knows, and to look to somebody who is outside of it, who can reveal to us, who can show us what is going on. You see, in our story, we left it, didn't we, with the guard going to see Daniel. Which one of these is guard? Here we go. We left it with the guard going to get Daniel, going to kill Daniel, because the wise men could not answer the the king and do what the king wanted him to do. And as the guard came up to him and knocked on his door and Daniel answered, they have a conversation. It's like the guard says, right, you're, you're... I'm going to kill you, basically. And can you imagine what Daniel's face would have been? What? You're going to what? Yep, yep. The king has ordered you to be killed. Why? Oh, well, because the wise men, they could not interpret. They could not tell uh, tell the king the dream, and they could not interpret it. Imagine what Daniel would have felt like. If that was me, I would have been like, what? That's ridiculous. That's redonkulous. He's having a giraffe. Right, where's the king? Uh, Where's my lawyer? I need my lawyer. I'm going to fight this in the courts. How is this even happening? But that's not what Daniel does. So Daniel, he then goes to the king just to check and find out the information. goes to the king and he finally says, what's going on, king? Tell me. And the king says, well, I had a dream and I can't interpret it. It's a really, really important dream. And so the best of Babylon could not tell me what the dream was or the interpretation. And so I'm killing all of you. That's one way to save money, isn't it, from 
you know, from, from a job or, or from a company, knock out a whole department of management that way. Um, and Daniel says some amazing words. Daniel says in verse 16, he says, I will tell you the dream and I will tell you the interpretation. Now that is crazy. That is absolutely nuts. The best of Babylon could not tell them him the dream, could not tell him the interpretation. The best of Babylon was full of I don't knows. But somehow Daniel turns around and says, I can tell you the dream and I can tell you the interpretation. You just need to give me time. Now that is crazy. That is absolutely nuts unless Daniel knows a big, amazing truth. Or in fact, because it's not because God knows a God who will reveal to him the truth. And actually, what we see in our passage is Daniel stands on this truth. Daniel trusts in God, and Daniel finds out the interpretation. And I don't know if you saw in our passage what happened, but he gathered his friends together, and rather than scheming, rather than panicking, what did they do? They went down on their knees, and they prayed. They went to the God who can show the God who wants to show the important things, and they asked him for help. You see, in our passage, when King Nebuchadnezzar had an I don't know, an important I don't know, he looked sideways. When the wise men had an I don't know, they looked sideways. When Daniel had an I don't know, he looked up, and he spoke to God. That's what Daniel did. Daniel spoke to God and asked him what was going on. And what we see in our passage is that God reveals to Daniel the meaning of the dream. Well, he reveals to him the dream, and then he reveals to him the meaning of the dream. And in our reading, what we saw was right at the end of the interpretation of that. And as we saw, let me have a look, see if I've got it on here. I think I put it on here. What am I thinking? Oh, no, that's a different thing. Um, no, it's not on there. Well, there you go. And what we saw is the meaning of the dream. What's the really important thing that King Nebuchadnezzar needed to know? What was the really important thing that Daniel needed to know? What was the really important thing that uh, the wise men of Babylon needed to know? It's simply this, that God's kingdom will win. I don't know if you saw the interpretation, parents. I'd encourage you at home uh, over lunch to read what the interpretation of the story is. But this is simply it. It's that God's kingdom will win. That's the important message that Daniel needed to hear. That's the important message that King Nebuchadnezzar needed to hear. That's the important message that we all this morning need to hear. Is that God's kingdom will win. That is the really important thing that we need to know. And that's what Daniel 2 is showing us. Daniel 2 is showing us this big truth that we don't have a God who lives miles away. We don't have a God who doesn't care. We don't have a God who is silent and laughs at us from a distance going, how foolish are they? We have a God who shows us the important I don't knows. He reveals to us the things that we need to know that help us in our life. But how does he do that? Well, to answer that question, I want to ask you this question. What am I thinking? So you've got 10 seconds. Uh, I will stand here silent 
And that is my question, what am I thinking? Right, 10 seconds are up. What am I thinking? Anyone? What am I thinking? What am I thinking? No, I was not thinking that. I have something written in my notes just deliberately to help me remember what I was thinking. Something to do with pizza. (laughs) I like that. That's not it. You're not meant to say that. Say something different. Say, say, I'm not thinking about the muffin. You've really ruined my whole, my whole illustration here. It's really unhelpful. So what's that? I'm thinking about the football. No, 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 no. I was actually thinking about the muffin. That is very true. But, okay, so ignore that. So... How do you discover what I'm thinking? How do you, except for somebody who's super clever over there and has, you know, has been clearly listening to the sermon. Thank you very much. It's very encouraging. How do we find out what is in someone's mind? How do I find out what is in your mind? How do I find it out? Well, I speak, don't I? I reveal to you through my words what is hidden in my mind. If you want to be, if you want to see what I'm thinking, I need to tell you. I need to say to you what's going on. And that reveals to you what is going on in my mind. And that's the same with God. If we want to know what the important things are that God wants us to know, we need to come to his word. We need to come and to read his word and discover it. And in the the Bible, we see this, things like this. This is in John 1, 18. No man has ever seen God, but God the only Son is very close to the Father, and the Son has shown us what God is like. The question of what is God like, that the world can only guess at, the world can only scratch their head and go, do you know what, I don't know. We have been shown what God is like. All we have to do is look at Jesus in the Bible and we see what God is like. We see, read this in Matthew 4. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, change your hearts and lives because the kingdom of heaven is coming soon. The message in the dream about how God's kingdom wins, Jesus comes and says that kingdom is coming soon. Change sides, change teams, come and join my team, is coming soon. He reveals God's plan that God's kingdom is coming soon. If we didn't know, what, if we didn't have God's word, we would be perplexed about the cross. The cross would be just another death. Jesus, just another one of the millions who died on crosses. But because of 1 Peter, we read this, Christ himself died for you, and that one death paid for your sins. He was not guilty, but he died for those who are guilty. He did this to bring you all to God. You see, God's word reveals to us that Jesus' death is the way that we go get onto God's team. Oh, there you go. And Revelation, the last book of the Bible, echoes this same message to us. That God's kingdom wins. In the end, it's God's kingdom that wins. 
wins. If we want to know the important things, if we want to know why we are here, if we want to know what happens after we die, if we want to know all those important questions, we need to come to God's word to listen to it. And so, how does this help us? What should we do because of Daniel 2? Well, like last week where we saw that Daniel was a great example to us, if you are a follower of Jesus, can I encourage you, if you love Jesus, to follow Daniel's example. When in the midst of Babylon, when surrounded by I don't knows, when there's pressure on you, don't panic, don't look sideways, but first of all, look up. Look up to God and listen to him. Look at his word that he's given us and pray to him and speak to him. Do you remember the mystery muffin incident right at the beginning where someone stole my muffin? It was stupid, wasn't it, of me to go to Google. It was stupid of me to try my own ability. It was stupid of me to go everywhere. But it was smart when you go to somebody who saw, when you go to somebody who knows. And that's what Daniel 2 encourages us. Go to the God who shows us the I don't knows that we need to know. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. uh, And you're wondering, what does Daniel 2 teach me? Well, Daniel 2 teaches us that God's kingdom will win. If you are not a follower of Jesus, you are not in God's kingdom. And whatever team you are on at that point, you will be on the losing side eventually. Even though it looks like you're winning now, eventually you will be on the losing team. And so I want to encourage you from, here we go, from this passage in Matthew 4. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, change your hearts and lives because the kingdom of heaven is coming soon. I want to encourage you, if you're not a follower of Jesus, see that Jesus' team will win and change teams and follow him. Right, should we do this one last time? And then we're going to sing, and then you guys can head home. So should we do this? Are we ready? So it's ooh, and then ah, with a uh, in the middle. Are we ready? So, pick God's team, ooh, because... Only God shows us the honor that we need to know. Ah, brilliant. I'm going to pray and then the band are going to come and we're going to sing that forevermore song again. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are gracious, that you are kind, that you show us the things that we really need to know. Lord, we get so fixated with all the things that we don't actually need to know. Uh, We get so fixated with filling ourselves up with useless knowledge and ignoring the great truths that you have given to us. Please, Lord, would you help us to see how amazing you are? Would we treasure your word and would that transform us and change us for your glory? Amen.